I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the power that's in the word. Thank you for the anointing that's on the word. And as I step back, I thank you for the spirit of God using me to speak the oracles of God. And I declare in Jesus' name that our minds will be renewed as we hear the word. Our lives will begin to change and our hearts will be inspired to grow beyond the norm. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word because you watch over your word to perform it. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Happy New Year, everyone. Every year I choose a thing that I believe best fits what God wants to do in our church and in and through our lives. And so this year's theme, as I repeated on last, uh, this past Friday, was it's ready, it's set, and it's grow. Everybody say ready, set, grow. And I believe that 2022 will be a year of growth. It's going to be a year of accelerated manifestation. I believe it's going to be a year of record-breaking opportunities. And so I want you to do something that you may not have thought of. In 2022, don't mention anything that happened bad in 2021 in 2022. Don't even reference 2021. You know why? He says, forget those things which are behind and press toward those things which are before. So we're not going to give 2021 no more power because it's gone. Say amen to that. And I believe as we apply our faith, we will see God put some super on top of our natural. So if you're taking notes, and I know those of you who are in the the house, we didn't have our handouts, it's okay. I do know that the notes will be uh, on the uh, Uversion Bible app. So if you're watching us online or if you're in the house and you want to go to the Bible app, you'll see the notes this morning. And so today's title is Growing Through Knowing. Everybody say Growing Through Knowing. And this is going to be under the series, Ready, Set, Grow. And the goal of the message today is to help us get a revelation of how important growing is and then how to start making some changes in order to grow. So I'm just going to jump right into this. If you're taking notes, the first point is growth must be intentional. Everybody say growth must be intentional. In other words, you don't just automatically grow. If you have a plant, I have some some plants in my home, and uh, sometimes I forget to to feed them with some water. And and what I notice is when I stop feeding them, they stop growing and they start dying. So if you're not growing, you're dying. Look at your neighbor and say, if you're not growing, you're dying. And in order to do that, 
growth must be intentional. And so for those plants to grow, I have to grow, uh, uh, water them intentionally. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the foundational part of our series in 2 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 14. It's a little reading. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And then I'm going to point out what we're going to focus on this morning. It says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. I'm just reading this for context. And then he says, I want you to consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. And that's why the world hasn't ended. Because God's grace and his mercy is long suffering. He wants as many people saved who can be saved. And then he says, as also our brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, he has written to you. Verse 16 says, as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people, they twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Verse 17, he says, though you therefore, everybody say you therefore. When you see the word therefore, you need to see why it's therefore. He says, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, watch what he tells them to do. He says, beware lest any of you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. And verse 18, I want us to read it together. It says, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen, before we dive into what I really want to focus on, I want to point something out to you that you may not have paid attention to that's very significant. Notice that our verse, in verse 18, it starts out with the word but. Do you all notice that? He said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And whenever you see the word but, it always means in contrast to what was said before. In other words, when you say, I'm hungry, but I'm going to eat. In other words, you're going to eat. It's in contrast to what you previously said. And so because the word, the verse 18 starts with the word, but it's in contrast with what was said before. So let's look at what was said before. It says in verse 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, watch what he says. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked. So listen to what it's saying. You and I will fall from our steadiness, our steadfastness of pursuing God and growing in his ways. Listen, if we allow ourselves to be influenced by the error and the wrong patterns of people and the world and the wicked. In other words, our connection to people, if they're on the wicked side of things, or if we follow the patterns in which the world moves, that's going to keep us from being steady in what God wants to do. In other words, we must be willing now to remove ourselves from things that contaminate us from God's way. Say amen to that. In other words, we must be willing to make some adjustments because it told us In order for us to be steadfast, we need to remove ourselves or don't allow the world's ways to impact us. So that means now we might have to make some changes in order to grow. Say amen. So this is a pattern that I'm going to show you throughout the lesson. But let's go now to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, our our main verse. He says, but grow, which means that I'm not going to grow if I stay attached to the things that the world provides. He said, but grow 
in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word grow is interesting because it means to enlarge. Some of you all in 2022 need to enlarge. You need to enlarge how you think. You need to enlarge your home. It's too small now. Come on. He says the word grow means to enlarge. It means to grow up and it means to increase. How many want to see some increase in your life? He said, but grow in grace, enlarge, grow up, and increase in what? Grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our growth, listen, should be in two areas based on 2 Peter 3. In grace and in knowledge. Everybody say in grace and in knowledge. So if we're going to grow in 2022, we need to grow in grace and grow in knowledge. Now the word grace is the Greek word charis, which is where we get the word charisma from. But this word charis, listen to what it means, grace. It means to accept and to show favor towards. To accept and to show favor. So I'm going to read this again with these definitions in it. But I want to show you this word grace or the word charis, which means favor. I want to read it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 to show you, though, that this word grace doesn't just mean unmerited favor like a lot of people are taught. This word grace also means to accept. Everybody say accept. So in second, first Peter chapter 2, verse 19, this word charis or grace shows up. It says, but this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? In other words, if you did something wrong and you get punished for it, hey, just grab your seatbelt and just go on about your business. But then he says, but if you, when you do well and you suffer for it and you take it patiently, read it with me, this is acceptable with who? That word acceptable is the same word grace. So the word grace means acceptable. Everybody say the word grace means acceptable. Now there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Go back to 2 Peter 3.18. They're going to put it up here. So it says, but grow, enlarge, grow up and increase in grace, which is acceptance and favor. And you're going to grow that way in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Now, the word grace also means favor. So the first meaning, it means acceptance. And then the second word, it means favor. In Luke chapter 1 verse 30, this word charis is used again. It says, and the angel said to Mary, fear not Mary, for you have found what church? You found what? Favor with who? You found favor with God. That word favor is the same word. So listen, first Peter is telling us for us to grow, we need to grow in two areas. We need to grow in grace, which means acceptance and favor and we need to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ can you say amen to that so here's the reality of growing in grace or in acceptance when you grow in acceptance of how God sees you and how you see you and how God accepts you listen you will stop performing and start pursuing see a lot of people they cannot even pray properly because they feel condemned when they pray Why do they feel condemned? Because they really don't feel that God has truly accepted them. In other words, they are performing if things are not just right. And see, here's the thing. If you perform, what you're doing is you're putting yourself back under the law. Because that's what the Old Testament, the law was about performing. And here's the thing. The goal of performance is typically perfection. 
When the out, listen, the outcome of pursuit, listen, is relationship and maturity. So here's the difference. As we start growing, don't try to be perfect in what you're doing. That's why he says, grow in grace. Give yourself some room. God already knows you're going to mess up. So here's my favorite phrase. When you mess up, mess up. It's that easy. He said, but listen, I want you to grow, watch this now, in the mentality of God's acceptance for you. Because see, once I see myself like God sees me, then now I don't have to worry about how you see me. Oh, y'all didn't get that, did you? See, most problems with people is we're so concerned with what people think about us and what they're saying about us and all of that. But see, once you have, watch this now, you see how God accepts you and then you accept that for yourself, then guess what? If my highest acceptance comes from my creator, then who are you to not accept me? I don't need you to. I have his. Say amen to that. So here's the question. Why is this perspective of growing in grace so important? Because if you don't grow in grace, listen, if you don't grow in grace and you're not growing in the knowledge that God has accepted you and he wants to show favor towards you, you will live in this performance mode, which will eventually create condemnation and guilt. And that's why most people cannot even believe that God wants the best for them. Even when you try to do something good with them, they, they, they allow you to do it grudgingly. I was at the gas station last night and uh, I, I was buying some energy drinks and uh, there was a guy that was behind me and he, he only had one energy drink in his hand. I said, is that all you're getting? He said, uh, yeah, I'm going to get some gas too. He said, I'm going to put, uh, I think he said 20 uh, 15 or $20 on gas. Well, I don't know if he forgot the price of gas. That's a gallon and a half. I'm going to see him tomorrow. So I said, I said, uh, put it up here. I got it. He was like, oh, you don't have to do that. Uh, I said, no, just put it up here. And, and, and so I said, and put 25 on, on, the, on the thing. Uh, I think I said 25, 35. He was like, oh, he won't hold that much. So either he already had some gas in the car, but his car was real small, so I believed him. Right. But the whole time he was trying to convince me that I didn't have to do it for him. He didn't listen, church. He didn't feel worthy to be blessed. And that's the problem with a lot of people. They don't feel worthy to be blessed when Jesus has already paid the price. And that's why you have to grow in grace. You have to grow in that acceptance. You got to grow to understand God's not looking for perfection from me. He just wants to see me pursue him. Amen. Because if your heart condemns you, it's hard to have faith. First John chapter three, verse 20 says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. and He knows all things. Verse 21. He says, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then, then when? Because our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. So if your heart doesn't condemn you, it causes you to have confidence towards God. And when you have confidence towards God, verse 22 says, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandment and do those things. So here's a perspective. Listen, if Jesus had to intentionally grow in grace and in knowledge, we must be intentional in growing in grace and knowledge. See, sometimes we forget that the same things that we had to do and have to do, Jesus had to do. Say amen to that. 
Jesus, look in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it tells us how Jesus grew. It says Jesus increased, that's the word grow, increased. How does something increase? It, it gets bigger, right? Or it enlarges. He increased how? In wisdom and in stature physically. And then watch how else he grew. In favor, there's that word grace, with who? God and man. So here's my question. What made Jesus grow? What did he do to grow? Because if I can just figure out how he grew, if I do what he did, I'm going to grow like he did. And how many know Jesus did grow? Amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 43, it says, And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned and the child Jesus tarried behind. What I'm about to do is show you some of the things that Jesus did in order to grow. So this year, as we grow, we want to do some of these things that Jesus did because as we do what Jesus did, we'll get what Jesus got. So what happened is they had came and sacrificed in, in uh, Jerusalem and, and uh, it was one of the feasts, I think. And so Jesus got left behind. So verse, 40, verse 46 says, and it came to pass after three days they found him in a temple. Well, let's see what he was doing in the temple. He was sitting around talking to the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. And when they heard him, they were astonished. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And they, he said, uh, his mother said, son, why, why are you dealing with us like this? And behold, I don't, I don't know if my mother would respond like that after three days. I don't even know if my mama would have talked to me after me being gone three days without asking her. I don't think it would have went down like that. But anyway, Mary was a patient mother. Look in verse 49. And he said unto them, how do you seek me? Do you not know I must be about my father's business? And they understood not what he said. Look in verse 52. Because here's the context. And he went down with them in verse 51, came to Nazareth and was subject. And then verse uh, 52, which we've read, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God. Man, what did he do? He was in the temple. He was learning. He was growing. And see, that's why church is important, whether you're watching online or you physically come, because the place, church is the place where you eat showbread. Showbread, when you look it up in the New Testament, it means purpose. So listen, here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to, to confuse learning with growing because they're not the same. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down or think about this week. You can learn and not grow, but you can't grow without learning. I'm going to say it again. You can learn and not grow, but you can't grow without learning. See, you can learn all the different exercises that it takes to work out, but never grow because you don't do them. Amen. So our growth must be intentional, and it's impossible to spiritually grow without the Word. So let's go to 1 Peter 2. I want to read you something. It says, wherefore laying aside. Notice now, here's that, here's that combination that we read about earlier. Remember earlier it says, you know, that if we uh, stay with the world's ways or wicked people, it will cause us to lose our steadfastness. But he says, but, he says, I want you to, to uh, uh, grow in grace. Well, here's that principle again. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, wherefore laying aside malice and guile and hypocrisy. In other words, get rid of that stuff. He says, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. And then it says, if you taste the seed that the Lord is gracious, the New Living Translation says this, so get rid of all the evil behavior. Just, just, just get rid of it. The best way to get rid of evil behavior is to stop hanging around those evil people. See, some of y'all in 2022, if you want to see some record-breaking things take place, you're going to have to break some, rec- some relationships that are not good for you. 
Amen. He says, like newborn babies, you must crave. Ooh, I like that word. Pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out this nourishment. Now that you have had tasted the Lord's goodness. Now, now listen what Peter was really saying. He was saying the only way you and I are going to make changes that we need to make in our life, we're going to have to raise our desire. We're going to have to crave the word. And watch this. And the word will do the work. So here's point number two as we get in the middle of this. In order to grow, we must be willing to change. In order to grow, we must be willing to change. Everybody say, in order for me to grow, I have to make some changes. Now listen, some promises from God and some callings of God, they're going to require change before you can fully walk in them. Amen. I mean, if God has a financial gifting on your life and you haven't learned to tithe, he's not going to trust you with the bigger money he's got in store for you because you have to change from being a thief to being trustworthy. Amen. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, what it talks about is what happens when a person is young, they're not, they differ nothing from than somebody who's a slave. And what happens is until they grow up, they're not in position to get these different things that they, their father uh, has inherited for them. And so I'm going to jump down to 1 Corinthians 13 because some promises that God has for us, we, they require change. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like one, I understood like one, I thought like one. But when I became a man, I had to put some of that away. I had to get rid of that. So watch this now. There are some people in the book of Acts that this principle of some change had to take place on the front end before they could see themselves grow on the back end. This is Acts chapter 19. And let me tell you what happened. These were some people who were caught up in witchcraft and a whole lot of uh, spiritual darkness uh, calisthenics. You know, even these days, you all have to watch it. You can't adopt the ways of the world. You see people burning sage. What is that? Have y'all seen that? People burning sage. What is that? Uh, Foolishness. That's what that is. Right. It says, and so what happened is they would, you know, they was, it, it was some people with witchcraft. And so there was these seven sons of Sceva. These were seven brothers. And so they were trying, I guess, to cast some devils out of somebody. And this man with a devil just jumped on them and ripped up all their clothes. And this is what the devil said to them. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? And so that's the context of what we're about to read. And so watch this now. It says and afterwards. Many believed, came, and confessed, and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which had curious arts, listen to this, they brought their books together, and they burned them before all men, and they counted the price, and it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. And watch what happened after they did that. After they get rid of that, after they changed, so mightily grew the word. So guess what? When I desire change or when I start changing, the Word's going to start working in my life. So here's the question. How can I change something that I want to do? Because that's, how, how do you do that? If, if you want to cuss, because sometimes, how many, you want to cuss? How many know what I'm talking about, right? You want to. It, it, it ain't, you ain't trying to hold it back. You want to do it. You know, you want to go out with that unbelieving person. You want to do it. So here's my question. How do I stop doing something that I want to do? Well, here's point number three as we close. You have to understand that desire is triggered through our five senses. 
See, I'm about to show you how to make some changes in your life even if you don't want to make them. Watch 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, as newborn babies desire the sensual milk of the word. Why? That I may grow. So here's my question. How can I desire the word if I desire to do something else? He says, because if I desire the sensual milk of the word, I'm going to grow. And then he says, if so be you've tasted the Lord, he is gracious. So that word desire, when he says, I want you to desire the word like babies desire milk, that word desire means to intensely crave. It means to lust and long after. Okay, so how do I stop craving cigarettes? Now, you can smoke cigarettes. You say, but cigarettes, it is a sin? Well, it depends on how you look at it. I don't necessarily want to see it that way. All I see it as you're going to get to heaven much earlier than us. That's how I see it. Okay, so let's let's take that. Let's take now. Let's not take that one because some some people gonna have problems with that. But it still applies. Let's take weed. Since since it's illegal here in Texas, did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Let me rephrase what I said. Weed is illegal in Texas. Okay, so I'm gonna show you. I'm closing now. In fact, you all can bring my illustration. I'm going to show you how to change desires. Watch this now. It says, now the serpent, I'm in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Y'all pay attention to me, not him, okay? I know y'all. And the serpent said to the woman, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, everybody say this is a conversation. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now here's my point, that you can trigger desires by your five senses. Watch this now. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God's, knowing good and evil. Watch this now, because... They already knew what God told them not to do. But because she allowed her five senses to get involved, listen, her exercising of these five senses changed her desire to follow what God said to follow what the enemy said. Watch this though. Watch. It says, and then when the woman saw, is that one of the senses? Come on, y'all name the senses for me. You got sight, you got smell, you got touch, you got hearing, and you got taste, right? So watch this. And when the woman saw, there's one of them, that the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the what? Eyes. There we go. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit. There's touch. She took of the fruit thereof. And she did what? Eat it. There's another one. And then after she did all that, she gave it to her husband and he ate. So watch this. Ease, ears, her eyes, her touch, and her mouth produce desire. So you say, well, Pastor, how does that relate? Because if you use those same senses, you can trigger desire for God's word like you ain't got right now. See, this is why he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you do that? Man, you start just going over all the good things God has done in your life. You allow your mind to do that. But watch this now. This is why you got to listen to the word. Don't just, it's good to read. That's sight. 
Okay, that's one of your senses. So read the word. But then listen to the word. Because a lot of the revelation I get, I get it because I'm just playing the Bible. How many brush your teeth in the morning? Let me see here. You brush your teeth. Well, I'm glad you do. But why not brush your teeth and listen to the Bible at the same time? Say amen to that. She touched the fruit with her hands. She tasted it with her mouth. She saw it with her eyes. And listen, if we pour more Jesus or the word, because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then it says, and the word became or made flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the word. So if we will pour more of Jesus or the word, what's this, in our hearts, it will cause our desires to change. So watch this. I'm closing. Here's my last verse. John chapter 3 verse 28. This was uh, talking about John. And he says, you yourselves bear me witness that I said I'm not the Christ, but that I'm sent before him. Verse 29. He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom withstands and hears him. He rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Watch this now. He says, this my joy therefore is fulfilled. Watch verse 30. He, Jesus, must what church? He must what? He must increase, but I must decrease. Did you see the order of that? It didn't say Jesus needs to increase and I'll decrease. No, he says if Jesus will, if if he will increase first, then I'll decrease second. And so what happens is, you know, here we go. This is us. This represents us. This is our wills. This is what we want to do. These are our desires. And most of it ain't, you know, it ain't, it ain't what it needs to be, you know. And uh, I'm sorry if you like Diet Coke. You can drink this afterwards. Okay, so so how many see that? Do you see that? If you on one of the cameras, try to zoom in a little bit more on this so people at home. So look, what color is that? Brown. See, this is us right here. This is our desire. This is what we want. These are all the things that we need to change. These are the desires. These, these are the, this is the smoking weed stuff. This is all that cussing. This is what that is. So... If I want to do that, how do I change from wanting to do that to wanting to do the word? Well, watch what he says in verse 30. He says, he, Jesus, the word, must what? Come on, church. It must what? Increase. He must increase. And then I'll decrease. There's us. Okay, so now I'm about to put some Jesus in me. Because the Bible calls the, the Bible the word. In the beginning. So he says, I'm going to wash you by the water in other words. Now let me ask you a question. Is that brown getting lighter? Yeah. And so as I pour more of the word in, then my desire is going to change. Now, it might take a while because, see, change ain't overnight. You didn't get there overnight. But if I just keep pouring... Is it lighter? Is it lighter? Is it lighter? Is it lighter? Now, let me ask you a question. If I were to keep pouring water in this vase, what's going to happen? It's going to get clear. And that's what happens to your heart. When you pour that word in, all those desires that you have, stop biting yourself. Because some of y'all mad at yourself. Stop. Just put some word in. Put more in. So, Pastor, how much do I put? You just keep putting till you stop cussing. So guess what? How are we going to apply this? Number one, since growth is intentional, we need to develop a plan to consistently spend ourselves in the Word. You got to have a plan. You got to plan for everything else. You already, how many work out? Work out? Work out? No? 
oh, wow. Now I need a new resolution this year. Now, how many work out? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right. Well, a lot of y'all like me. We don't do that. Okay, so do you have a consistent workout plan? You know, you say, well, I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock. You have a plan. Well, guess what? You and I must develop a plan to get in that word. So watch this. Get you a schedule that don't change. If you, you know what time you go to work. You say, well, Pastor, I already do that. That's fine. But see, I find that if we don't watch it, our habit becomes routine and routines get boring. So what you have to do is you have to now create a schedule that don't change and then tell somebody about it. Find a journal, write some things down, write some goals down, some spiritual goals that you want to you just uh, uh, make alive. And then you share your schedule with an accountable friend so they can see that they can say, are you getting up? See, prophet, I love him because he tells you what time he gets up. So now he's accountable to what he's saying. So if I wanted to, I could say, prophet, are you still getting up? I mean, he didn't say I could do that, but I'm just saying. If his pastor said to him, prophet, are you still getting up? He's accountable because he's saying it. And then we have to start making some changes that may not be comfortable. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's my question. What are some changes in 2022 you'd like to make? What are some changes in 2022 you'd like to make? Thank you, Jesus. What are the changes you'd like to make? What are some of them? Maybe one of your changes may be, you know what, I'm tardy a lot. I I, want to show up on time everywhere I go. Maybe one of the changes you want to make is, you know what, Pastor Evan, I, I don't pray in tongues a lot, but I know how to do it, but I don't do it every day. So maybe the change you want to make is to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit every day. Maybe one of your habits, I'm talking to somebody right now, for some reason, your temperature of your voice is raised when you talk to your kids, when they frustrate you. You start yelling. Well, maybe this year you need to change that. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Maybe you just need to soften your approach. What are the changes you need to make in 2022? I want you today, find a quiet spot and write down what those changes are. And then present them to God and ask Him to help you. Because the scripture says, we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. But until we decide to do it, Jesus don't need to give us strength for something we haven't decided to do. I want you to present those things to him. Now, Father, as we've heard the word today, I pray that every heart didn't just hear the word, but we'll look at what we need to do to make changes. And if anything we can do, Father, we can increase our intake of the word. Because if we don't do that, our growth this year won't be record-breaking. And I declare in Jesus' mighty name for record-breaking spiritual growth to be in our lives this year. Father, that we'll hear your voice like your sheep should. That, Father, we won't uh, 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 hear this voice of strangers. That, Father, consistently we will sense, we will discern, we will know what your voice is saying for us to do. And, Father, I declare today in Jesus' name that we will consistently obey you this year. 
that we won't need 20 signs and wonders to discover if this is you saying what you need to do. God, we will know on the inside that this is what you want us to do. And Father, I declare over our church that we will be consistent in discerning and knowing and sensing your voice for our lives. And I declare that record-breaking opportunities are going to surface. And Lord, we're going to step out in faith and we're going to obey what you're leading us to do. And I thank you as we do that. Our lives are going to be changed. And we will look back and truly see that this was a record-breaking year for our lives. In Jesus' name. Whatever here, still bow. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not 100% sure, I want to pray for you.